guys, welcome to Stand Out with Natalia Brzezinski. I'm Natalia, and today I have a special podcast journey planned for us. We are traveling into the past. Today you'll get a first-hand look into how the very first seeds for this show were planted more than two years ago. And you'll meet the two women, dear friends, who helped launch me on my own journey to stand out, to be bold as a working mother, and to embrace my own authentic fashion sense instead of trying to be someone else or dress to other people's definitions of what it means to be professional or what's appropriate for a mother and a wife. Amelia Dupore and Ebba Van Sido are truly brilliant when it comes to style, cool, and business-savvy entrepreneurs. They built a Scandinavian empire in digital media, TV, tech, and fashion. Not to mention, at the same time, being amazing, engaged mothers and wives, and truly generous and loyal friends to me and to many other women. They are women who give back and stand up for other women. They're exactly what my podcast is about. Abba and Amelia's new brand, Sakir Steel, is the symbol of Scandi chic minimalist style. And it's a phenomenon taking over bookshelves and podcast listenings throughout Sweden. Without Ebba and Amelia, I wouldn't have met half the cool people I met in Stockholm as an ambassador's wife. Even much more importantly, I wouldn't have had half the courage I have now to go for it as an entrepreneur on my own two feet. Ebba and Amelia have been incredible advisors and friends to me over the years. Stay tuned today for an especially personal podcast where we talk about the challenges of balancing being a supportive wife and a power businesswoman, why Swedish women are really, really lucky, and how to declutter our closets and present our best, chicest, most confident selves in a life full of work, travel, and love. No, but I want to hear how everything's going. I mean, you've done... When you come back like me once a month or something, or maybe now it's more, but I remember when you were just launching, when you were writing your book, we were in Marstrand. That feels like ages ago. I know, it feels like And you ago. guys were on yeah, deadlines yeah. and you were like, oh, we have to finish doing phone calls. And now it's really taken off. I mean, how, what's the journey been like? I guess the lesson from this Sacre Steel journey is really to team up with someone that you are uh, working really well with. I mean, we we know each other, we're really good friends from before, uh, but it was the first project that we really shared together. And um, to me, that's really the best lesson that you don't have to do everything on your own. It's, I mean, I think maybe it's a kind of female thing or especially us three here in the room, we're quite independent and we're so used to getting things done and we do the best ourselves. But actually to be able to do this with you, Ebba, has been my best, you know, the best kind of thing I take from the journey. No, I totally agree. And I also think it's so unique to find someone that you can actually mm. work this well with. And I think, um, unfortunately, a lot of women, uh, I mean, we rarely find that great partner in projects or in work. Uh, I mean, and I think we really did that. Yeah. Right? Complimentary, you know, yes. it's like, as we said, and, like, as you said, you were, we were good friends, but yeah. we weren't best, best friends. No. And we're not hanging out all the time. And you don't have to be best friends. <gasps> 
uh, to work together as women. And, you know, you don't have to be sisters. You can just... <laughs> no. No, no it's that's true. a good thing, yeah. right? Yeah, and I mean, I guess when we when we meet, we, we always say, like, because we have children who go to the same preschool, and uh, we rarely have time to talk about our family and our, our children. And I mean, we have so many things in common that it's kind of outside our work and outside our project. And we never have time to be really friends uh, at no. this point, at least. We always start a meeting with, like, so I have two, no, three... <laughs> Private things that we need to talk about at the end of this day, and that never happens. It never happens. Like never happens. So now we said that we need to go on a conference and like kind of to <laughs> no, a spa. Someone that goes to the conferences, yeah. yeah. But and who's the yin story. and yang? I mean, I know you both. Mm, that's a good question, actually. And to me, actually, you're both. I mean, now that I'm an American, everybody is like very wound up. Like yeah. you're both calm. You're both so elegant. I mean, what does the other bring to the other? Are you opposites? You I guess that's mm. also a learning or a lesson learned. I think that people told me that you need to find your opposite when you mm. look for a partner. It's uh, like a in man a dating. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think we're opposites no. in that I way. I think we think really, uh, we, you know, we really like in so many ways, and we think alike, and we uh, we work so. I mean, we're so complementary. It's like. Imagine you have a partner who's a complete slacker. I mean, I would probably shoot Ebba and you would shoot me if I was a slacker. Yes. <laughs> so That's it's like, not even possible. I mean, our SMS war starts probably when the kids are asleep and then it's like bouncing five trillion ideas. And uh, I mean, we just get the things done. And I, I, I guess as well, like we, I never feel that, you know, oh, I do less or so you do more. Mm. It's like we're really complementary even on the workload to kind mm. of... And I think that's because we have the exact same yeah. work ethic. Yeah, so maybe <laughs> both the time. Time. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I would think it's almost the other extreme. And I think as women, I mean, I know sometimes I say, why am I traveling so much? It's so much. Do I really have to do every trip and do I have to do every meeting? And part of it is, you know, I ask myself, would would my husband, would any man ever question getting a golden egg opportunity, would they ever say, maybe it's not the right time? No, they always go for it. But yeah. I think, you know, we are all three friends because I think we share that ethic. Mm. But I've seen, you know, I mean, we've joked about this, Amelia. I remember about two years into my time, like sometimes women would come up to me and unfortunately it would be the women in Sweden that maybe didn't work. Mm. And they say, oh, I just envy you. You're so ambitious. And I soon realized that was a negative thing. Yeah. It's not good to be ambitious. I mean, in America, it's, I think it's like that for all women. I mean, Tori Birch has talked a lot about this. It's not a four-letter word to be ambitious. But I think especially in Sweden, you're not supposed to be too hardworking. You know, the first question I always get now when I travel back, and I'm not saying it's an insult, but it's like, how is your daughter coping with you being away a lot? Mm -hmm. They would never say and that to a man. it's such a dig, you know, mm -hmm. and I always have to overcompensate. And you did I say, notice My we didn't say that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you two know. No, we <laughs> exactly. never say that. We never say that. No, no. but I think that's important. And yeah. I started saying it to you, Eva, because I'm kind of so desensitized. I have a speech. I'm yeah. like, yeah, but my husband works a lot too, and he, he's in a lot of traffic. So he actually, I actually see her more, even though yeah. I travel. You know, I have this whole shtick, and sometimes yeah. I say, why do I need to defend myself? But you know that you're a good mother and a good parent, and that's, you know, enough. I mean, we all know that we kind of, we have a rule as well that we don't, when we come home, we don't call each other or SMS. We know that, that the, the golden rule is that when, you know, home time, putting kids to bed, it's having dinner. Time. Yeah. <laughs> no, not really. I think we kind of do no, that that's quite true. good. That's true. We can start you working who, again after, yeah, after 8 9 p.m. Yeah, yeah, or 9 o'clock. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think you need to find a way, and, and you're absolutely right that I think that, of course, I think there are kind of two 
sorts of, of women in Sweden, like the ones that really admire hardworking and or know, I mean, for example, Alice Bakunke that mm, you work with. I mean, she's absolutely. someone who's handling being a, a politician. She has three children and, you know, her, her schedule is crazy, but she's still a great mom and mm. she knows it and she doesn't have to apologize. And I mean, I guess... Absolutely. Yeah, and way. also I, I'm thinking again it comes down to being two in this project that we're working mm. with, which is so great because I don't have to be in all the meetings. You know, I'm sharing half the profit with you, but I'll gladly do that mm. because I don't have to be uh, there yeah. every time because we can always stand up for each other. Yeah. Uh, so I wish more women would do that to partner yeah. up with someone. Yeah. No, I think it's really not to be cheesy, but a tribute and kind of. Maybe this is the Swedish sense of collaboration or consensus. And as I'm doing this Brilliant Minds, you know, Stockholm Symposium effort on entrepreneurship, I really see a lot of American interest actually in collaborative creativity, consensus. We have a totally different model. Now that I'm back home, I see it's it's super um, competitive. It's different incentives, different drivers. I mean, as you say, share half the profit. Like my American, I mean, no way. (laughs) Share half the profit. Mm. But that's kind of in your DNA. I mean, I don't meet, and I hate to say this, that many women in the U.S. that are in a similar field and age group Mm. that ever want to collaborate. I think actually even more so now than here, I work with almost all men. Mm. And I see they're just transactional a different way. Mm. Do you think that the connection you have, do you think this could happen, you know, in Paris, in in the U.S.? Or is it, do you think it's because you're both Swedish? No, but I know. That this, the, 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 so there's not that many, like, two no, women in the fashion world no. working. Can was, you imagine in New York? I was just going to say that yes. there's so few. I mean, if you look at all, if you look at the fashion world and you have Victor and Rolf, Dolce & Gabbana, I mean, you have so, D-squared, you have so many examples mm-hmm. of designers who team up. But, you, I mean, just because of that, I, 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 mean, I can't even think of two women doing that. Mm. Uh, I mean, it is Stella McCartney or it is Vivian Westwood mm. or Dan mm. von Furstenberg. I mean, it's kind of, you know, you're you're doing it on your own. And I, I guess a woman sometimes have to work twice as hard. And, and uh, I guess we're, I mean, at the same time, I think that doing this together, I think we have become so much better as well in doing some things. You said share the half the profit, but I think we've become so much better negotiating, for example. <laughs> we've been, we talked about that yesterday. We said like, you know, when you are, because now we both kind of representing our brand name, which is Sack or Steel. Scandi Shake, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, we know that that has a value and and it's so much easier to negotiate for Sack is still scandy chic than for Emilia or for Ebba. So it's, mm-hmm. it is. I only see positive, you know, profits from from doing this kind of project. Yeah, we just came from a meeting with a big uh, German uh, brand that's backed up by some investors that's launching in Sweden now that we're going to work with. And I really felt strong in that meeting with yeah. you. I think we did such a great job, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, it's really good. I yeah. can imagine. <laughs> We're like high-fiving under the yeah. table like, all yeah. the time. <laughs> but that's, I'm so glad you bring that up because I think, you know, even I'm really in that transition and you're not, again, as a woman, not supposed to talk about money and you're not supposed to want to be too hungry for it. Yeah, you know, I have noticed I was undervaluing and under-negotiating. Like, I'm just now kind of waking up and realizing some of the things I do, people get paid five times yeah. for mm. that I do for free. Because I want to help. So we need help. to have another discussion. I think I need your help. Podcast, yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> but you are always telling me, Amelia, you know, go for it and, mm. and to make sure you get paid. Mm-hmm. I mean, has that been kind of a, 
a journey for you both? Or have you always had this more of an instinct that, you know, I want to get my value and, you know, I'm going to do that? Like, when did you learn how to be such great negotiators? What what advice do you have for me? I could really use it, actually. I mean, we both come from different backgrounds. So we've both been in the media world for many, many years. And I think that when you start up, you know that you have to work for free a lot to kind of get recognized. If you get a chance, you get you got to take it. I mean, it's like I... I really think you should be really humble for that. I mean, I've done a lot of things for free. Mm, because I mean, I knew, we both have. Yeah. But then definitely you have to know when you reach that point yeah. when you're not going to do it for free. No. You know, and that's so important. Yeah. So important. Yeah. And of course, we both reach that. And I think uh, it was a journey too, mm. right? Yeah, to, for sure. I think yeah. we've both been talking about back and forth and and. I mean, again, like, why are women, why why are we so afraid of negotiating? And why are we so scared of kind of stepping, you know, mm. foot down to say, no, I'm, you know, I'm not going to do it for this money. Like, mm. you know. But I mean, uh, if you're asking for advice, I mean, it's, it's so easy, but I'm never good at doing it face to face in a meeting, negotiating about money, about, you know, the price <laughs> to pay for me doing this and that. I'm so much better in email. Uh, so then, you know, I'm not going to practice at doing mm. that in a meeting and face to face. I'm just going to do it by email. Mm. And I never say yes to anything in a meeting. You know, it's just uh, smile and wave and be happy. <laughs> and like, oh, this sounds so interesting. And then we'll talk. And then yeah. uh, that's how I do it. Yeah. I like to do it face to face, though. Mm. But I mean, then again, never promise anything. I think it's a really good, uh, good piece of advice that you always have to kind of, you know, keep the cards open and say, listen, I'm going to you know, think about this and, and, and get back. But I think, you know, when you know, as you know as well, you have your experience, you know that you really also, when you put in so much of your time and effort and you, you know, that you come over prepared for everything that you do, yes. it's like, of course, it comes with a price and and it feels really good and people respect you. And I mean, it, it sounds crazy, but the, the higher the price, the more they respect you. <laughs> Sometimes. Oh, yeah, go high. Yeah. Yes. Go high yeah. and, always, and always be prepared for, for no. I mean, yeah. we've had a lot of no's also. Yeah. And and that's fine. You just have to accept that and move on. Uh, yeah. And don't, you know, lower the price. No. And just say, thank you very much. Then yeah. we're not going to do this and mm. move on. You right? both are... I mean, I sometimes hate to be asked about this, but you, you're both married to businessmen. You know, we all have strong husbands. Do you talk to your husbands about work? Do you get advice? Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> Do you like the advice? Because the funny thing is, I Use often them. don't. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Do you like to get advice from your husband? No. You, you hate no, it? No, why? We're very different, actually. I mean, it's funny because... As we've been, and he's older, and he's definitely pow- much more powerful and probably than I will ever be. But no, no, he's no, also no. much like <laughs> he's also not a risk taker. And I think our age is—I um, don't think of it as a big difference, but it's a big difference in ta- in the way I grew up in the digital age. Like I'm, and I think that translates into behaviors. I'm much more open. I'm much more comfortable like promoting myself. He sometimes, you know, it's funny because he'll ask me to put pictures of him up on. My social media, he's going to kill me for this. But then he tells me it's disgusting when I do it, you know. (laughs) In our low points, he's like, you promote yourself too much. But I mean, in these days, like, I've, you you know this, you're both social media stars. 
I get so much work and business out of my social yeah, media. Of course. I mean, it's, it's both an awareness yourself. and transparency, mm-hmm. but also like showing, you know, sometimes, especially in my time in Sweden, people be like, oh, you know, because it's not necessarily direct culture here. So they say, oh, I saw that Natalia gives speeches on this. So then I would, you know, you'd be asked to do a conference or a panel. I mean, it's kind of information sharing. Oh, I mean, it's information sharing. But for he's me, not, it's strictly yeah, business, that. right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's maybe, I mean, that's the best way to explain it, I think, to someone who doesn't really understand that it's business. Mm-hmm. It's such an important platform. And uh, for Emilia and me, we have over 100,000 followers yeah, uh, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And and uh, with me having 60,000 followers on Twitter, of course, it's going to be business. I mean, I'm not doing this for fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also fun, but it's business. And I think it's exactly the same for you. I mean, you're you're spreading this information about all these exciting things you're doing. So I would say I think it's one of the best tools we have right now. I mean, I I I totally agree with you in everything you say, and I think that. My husband is not on... on uh, but we've laughed yeah, about this because we've yeah. gone on vacation together yeah. <laughs> and both of our husbands will turn against us. Yeah, say, absolutely. We and don't like the social no. media and they put the child on. Yeah. And, I mean, but you have to be personal. Yeah. It will not work. It's business, but it will not work unless they feel that they know you. No, and of it's course. It's a journey I mean, and, and it's a balance your life and to find that. But I mean, again... Uh, my husband is like uh, saying that and he's like uh, <laughs> being really kind of tired of me posting or asking him to take a picture of me yes. that I can post on my Instagram. But saying that he's following like, he's like a mega Instagram fan in secret. He has a secret <laughs> account a to follow. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, really, if he listens to this, like he should just be open about it and, and but start did you it. manage yeah. to train him like to take the best pictures? Because um, I'm giving up on you. Oh, no, I mean, no, he's I getting either. really good, I'd say. But I get five five shots. Yeah, <laughs> That's still quite hard oh. to nail. <laughs> so I'm quite happy to... I, I can work quite well in like uh, different apps and, and uh, yeah. a lot of filters. photo programs. Yeah, a lot of filters. But um, no, but of course, I mean, it is business. My Period. sister-in-law, Mika, has told me, I mean, we've been, I followed her a bit on her conferences. And, and obviously, we're very close. And she's like, you know, you just have to realize no men, or maybe it's American men, or no one's, I mean, we're in a new time. They're not ready for these super strong women that maybe get more attention. And like, especially men in the business world, they're used to, they're the top dogs. And here come these you know, fashionistas or women all over Instagram with hundreds of thousands of followers yeah, millions, and comments. Some people and have, yeah. people come up to our husbands on the street or say, I saw that your wife is doing this. It's fantastic. I mean, mm. this is a new thing, you know, mm. the power and shift. And in Sweden, it isn't as new, I guess. Is it? Yeah, I guess. I guess. I, I think that's a difference. Or I think I mean, that is would the be difference. The best to I think it this, is, actually. Both, but it is. I think it quite is. Different. Yeah. And I feel that, you know, I want my daughter to marry a Swedish man. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll take care of it. Yeah. <laughs> you have a son, Eva. Yes. You have younger. Well, yeah. a bit too oh, young, you. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. He's only one, though. So. And actually, Marianne came home six. from preschool telling me she's yeah. marrying your son. Oh, perfect. So I don't know how. Yeah, yeah we can do okay, like, yeah. oh, open so marriage. So my son, your daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Big we'll happy family. High divorce rates. You know, I feel that yeah. eventually people won't be getting Swedish married. Swedish modern family. Yeah. 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 No, but saying that, I have to say I'm married to... Um, my husband is actually raised in Switzerland, but he's French. But he has l- probably lived in Sweden too long to become so Swedish. I mean, he was is someone he, really, really... Is he really a... Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, especially, I think, when it comes to respecting uh, my career and mm. and that I am eager to work and that I love to work. And I mean, he really gets that. And he's been supporting 
I mean, he's me. pushing you. Yeah, he's he's even fantastic. pushing. I mean, we we walked in the street with him the other day, uh, and he was like, "Come on, girls, you, you gotta so tough now. Us. You have to work harder. Like you have to profit now. You know, the podcast is doing so well, best selling fashion book in Sweden. Like, well. come on, girls, like work harder." And we like, oh, like we can't barely <laughs> breathe. Like, <laughs> no, and my husband is exactly the same yeah. uh, way. I think he's so important for me, uh, also. Uh, being uh, the best person to talk to many times when it comes mm. to business. Yeah. Uh, They're both I mean, that's entrepreneurs. What we do to, yeah. Kind of, yeah. you know, I think all entrepreneurs all of you and are. also I'm I'm married to a feminist. I mean, exactly, which was also very important for me. Mm. I wouldn't say I chose him for being a feminist, but it definitely uh, yeah. was very important for me to marry. Um, was a man he who's kind of feminist. vocal about that when you were dating? Uh, I mean, I don't I even know. Interrogate him? Yeah. Are you a feminist? <laughs> I think you I told me, actually. I expect that from you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. My husband is definitely not a feminist. <laughs> <laughs> He's not. <laughs> it's so funny because we get this, I get these photos from like, My husband is hands-on at home, of course, but yeah, Johan is like is even good. more hands-on. Like even in the summer, you have this he's beautiful doing all summer my house. Laundry, yeah, all he's around. hanging no. the, you know, the the laundry. Oh. Uh, this it's like a romantic kind I of have a pain like, in my yeah. heart. Yeah, <laughs> he's doing all the cleaning. Yeah, uh, and especially now I'm working a lot of weekends uh, for TV4. Uh, I mean, he's very, he's doing everything. Yeah. And just before Christmas, it was just fantastic. I came home on Sunday night and, you know, the everything, uh, the Christmas trees there and the children are making gingerbread. You know, he's doing <laughs> the tree everything. Man. And then yes. you should also know that it's this guy. I am going a... to start a TV show on both of you <laughs> yeah. because this is like, I kind of got into it because I lived here for a while. But now that I'm back. In America, I love my country, but it is not that. Move I mean, back. We want yeah, you back. I know. I don't. I don't want to go. And I mean, but truly, I think that it. You know, I, th I think you know. It's hard as women. You know, mm -hmm. we have so much guilt. It's so much to do, even if you have an active husband. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think usually in the end, the women are always stuck. You know, with the parents, with the children, with you know every angle of life, and. I mean, even my parents, and they're super supportive, but I mean, I was getting in some discussion with my mom. I was describing my travel schedule, and she can—she's a bit of—you know, she worked a lot. So I think she kind of has the guilt. So she doesn't want me to work. She says, you know, you should—but mm. now, I mean, she is up and down. But she said to me, I think this morning or last night, she said— God, you have to get back here eventually. You know, no man would want to live with you if you're never there. I mean, it was some yeah. kind of like, so she and I just thought to herself, myself, yeah. and I'm I'm in Stockholm in this Zen with all these like strong women, and I realized that's so I think important for you. I mean, mm. for your rise, if you know what I mean, having this feeling in society that it's okay and good that you're not a bad woman and a bad mother because I don't feel bad in my heart and like in my brain and I feel so happy when I'm on the move and I know when I'm when I'm happy I'm a, so much of a better mother mm. but when I go back it's much harder it's a bit harder I, I'm the only mother I think I think the only one um in my daughter's class that works you know every time I travel they're kind of like oh you're again You know, again, and how do how do you respond to that to the other mothers? I do you find yourself defending yes, yes, your I lifestyle? Do. I'm not there yet. Yeah, I feel that I have to def defend myself, and then I have to say, you know, like we started this podcast. I'm like, well, but Mark works a lot too, and um, you know, I, I do. And even though I believe in myself, it's still hard. It kind of chips away like every day the stone a little bit more, and I don't want to be that way. So I guess change is hard, but. Sweden is amazing. Mm. I mean, I think it's part of the reason, like, and, and the female friends and working as you do, that you can really have this 
core strength, I guess. I know it's not a perfect place, but um, I think it's part of it. And I think that's why it's so creative. Mm. I mean, I was reading a statistic a few days ago, and it named the most innovative economies. I think it's coming out of Davos and all this economic forum. And Sweden was number three. It was South Korea, Germany, Sweden, America, eight or nine. Mm. And I think it's because it's, you know, your whole population is engaged. And everybody's really entrepreneurial, and it's easy mm. to start businesses. And That's you the know, best thing, the yeah, entrepreneurial I think so. kind of wave that has been going on for a long time now. But it's really... When you were growing up, was it, was it because you're young, I mean, obviously, but is this a new... Fat, or do you think Sweden has I mean, always been kind of? Now I'm raised in a family with a dad who's like entrepreneurial, with you know by heart. So I've been raised in the family where where you know he's always been encouraging us to have our own business ideas and to get the things done, get the shit done, basically. <laughs> no, but I mean nothing is going to do it for you. That's what I've been raised to to um, really kind of. And my mom is a teacher, so she was more with the family. But I guess that it's. It's uh, maybe our generation, I would say, that it's really kind of full bloom if you see all the tech companies and and uh, the self-confidence in that, I think, mm. has really come now. Mm. And, and I mean, also, I think that's what inspires with this project that we're working with. We get so many emails about fashion and style yeah. tips and this whole Scandi chic style that we're talking about. But we get as many emails about entrepreneurship and mm. uh, just the other week in our podcast, mm. we, uh, we asked for... Uh, for an assistant, sort of. Um, we were joking around, talking about this. We need this Devil Wears Prada uh, <laughs> thing in our office. And we're Meryl Streep, and we definitely need Nan Hathaway. Uh, and we got, I mean, this massive yeah. response. It's, so we ne- many. We didn't even know what we we're getting into. I mean, and I, I think, and now we started to interview, and it's interesting when you meet 20-year-old something girls, and they say, we want to see how it is to, you know, to start something of your own. And it was not about going to fashion weeks. It was much more None about having the... It was all about business. Yeah, behind the scenes. That and, is yeah. fantastic. So it's, I mean, you can really see that it, the, the young generation, you're going to have a lot of female leaders, I think. Yeah. So and we're probably going to meet some of them yeah. Monday when we're interviewing. Exactly. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah, That's so super, cool that yeah. you did that. We're having this in my office. We're having yeah. like a yeah, full, yeah, full, full day of yeah. 20-minute interviews, yeah. basically. Yeah. But it's exciting Hopefully as well. we'll find the Absolutely. star. Absolutely. What's yes. been the hardest part of growing the business? Or, I mean, I know it's still in the earlier stages. I think but we're there right now, actually. Yeah. yeah. Tell me a little bit about it. I mean, what... It what is the, I understand Scandi Chic, but for an American audience, like what's your, what's what's the heart of this? No, but I think Sacre Steel is, is about style and it's about, uh, you know, guiding our readers to, to find uh, a wearable look that is stylish, elegant, timeless. And that's something that Scandinavian or foremost Swedish designers do so well. We have this kind of, you know, basic wardrobe kind of style. We we um, we worship the black pants, the white shirt, the great knits, um, a warm woolen, you know, coat for the winter. And we we rather have this mentality that we rather want to buy timeless pieces than having a walk-in walk closet like Sarah Jessica Parker in Sex and City. It's like, like Americans. We, we are a bit more functional in that sense, <laughs> exactly. I think. And we really felt that it was a need to kind of get back to that and to encourage women to to really find their own style, to find their own style DNA, find their own uniform, like their daily uniform, something they felt confident in. And it didn't have to be the, you know, white shirt and the black pants. It could be if you love to wear like a, a jumpsuit in patterns that you look great today, do it to your your thing, like wear it, like, you know, find your 
style DNA, basically. And also here in Sweden and in Scandinavia, we have so many books on French style and, Old you know, couture, in, in, like, yes. in international fashion, just in, uh, like in the US with all the in-style books and... and uh, Uh, Garcia, whatever her name is, doing all the style books and everything. Mm-hmm. But I think this was just right in front of us, and no one had done anything on this. Uh, we have Filippa uh, K, we have uh, Acne, Dagmar, mm-hmm. we have so many brands. We have this whole uh, style phenomenon that's just here. Uh, so that's what this Scandi Chic Sec is still is about, I think. So we created the book, The Style Guide, uh, and we have the website, and we also have an Instagram account uh, that's daily updated with style tips. That's very Scandi Chic, oh, every it. day. Absolutely. Uh, Wearable like pieces. Simple, yes. yes, and you probably you don't even have to go shopping. You have mm. these things at home. It's the mm. white shirt. It's the black pants. It's just a matter of styling it the right way and doing interesting outfits out of all these basics. Mm. Um, and now we also have the podcast. That's been a huge success, Growing which enormously. is fantastic. Yes. Uh, and it's in Swedish, so I guess that's another step we have to take, yeah. right? <laughs> This um, is step one right here. Yeah, that's yes. step one. And then uh, we have plans for an international launch as well, yeah. uh, which is starting in the next... When is this gonna in the fall? What, what I would can say. we say? Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, you know, it's like we could kind of what we're working on now is a TV concept mm. uh, starting in Sweden, and also we're doing lectures. But the lectures is not only style advice; it's much more about getting confidence in how you dress. I mean, power dressing, all those kind of aspects that really can help women. So we actually, you know, and that's also unique for Swedish women. Yeah. I think. Mm. I mean, Natalia, we met at a conference in New York, and. It's I, so at that funny. conference, I, I think believe. it was so funny, and it was very uh, clear you to me. You gave me some great advice. I'm going to tell you. Finish. <laughs> Swedish funny. women um, have this confidence on a stage, mm-hmm. and it's of course it's about the mentality, but it's also about the wardrobe. I think yeah. we feel really kind of secure in the clothes we wear. It's like it's it might not be the um, you know most feminine uh, wah wah womb uh, like American with the perfect. <laughs> yeah. uh, Blow dried hair. I mean, we love I'm that too. I yeah, remember but, yeah, you but, always yeah. remark about mine. <laughs> no. no, but I mean, it, there's nothing wrong with it. It's amazing, and that should be included as well. But as long as that's part of you, and that you really make that your own. And also, it's a feminist statement mm-hmm. because we do spend less time uh, on our outfits and on our hair and on our makeup in Sweden than you do in America. Mm-hmm. And what do we do with that time? I mean, we start companies. We yeah. are entrepreneurs. I think it's very important actually yeah. to mention that yeah. part too. Yeah. And now since you can't This see us, like, people maybe think now that we're sitting in clogs. No. And like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you both look fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> But I think the concept is saving yeah. time and just spending less time standing in front of your yeah. wardrobe being, you know, I'm panicking to wear. Yeah. But I'm so happy that you're both doing this because I think there's two kind of relevant areas when I think about it. One is just You're also forcing, and I think all three of us are working on this in some ways, forcing Swedes to be proud of themselves. Mm. You know, you do have some fantastic fashion brands. You are really progressive and forward in so many ways. But I think for so long, Swedes always thought, you know, I hear this endlessly. We're a small country. We have to think international. That's why there's this fascination with Paris, with New York. Mm -hmm. But I think you're really leading this movement to say, hey, look at us. You know, we have a great record. We have so many entrepreneurs. Why is that? The Scandi design is fantastic. And I think that is really connected to, I mean, something we've discussed personally and I've really seen now back in the U.S. I think you're ahead in this trend, but, you know, in America, everything's about women's empowerment. And we're starting to reach a tipping point where women are demanding 
daycare and maternity leave, and yeah, they want to have it all. Have doggies? When Not for a while. I'm a little yeah. worried about that. But with that comes, I mean, someone once told me Swedish design is beautiful but basic because, you know, women work. And we have to drop off at daycare. We can't wear high heels. We have to run. But you have to be in something that you also feel beautiful in, that you mm. could go to an after work in and then pick up your kids. And you don't have time to go to I, it's dry like clean, this, so no. you have to be able to wash it in the machine. Exa- like, and, yeah. and you wash it yourself, yeah. <laughs> which we don't do. But it's like the wardrobe of the woman that does it all. Yeah. you know. And I think that that's such an interesting export into America and, mm. and a lot of the brands here. And the third thing that I love... And, you know, living in Washington, D.C. is like a like a drain of inspiration for me because women do not dress in a feminine way. I mean, the concept has not come around yet as much that you can be a CEO and you can also wear a cool jumpsuit or you can wear something borderline sexy. I mean, I'm, but even leather pants. I mean, people think that I am way out there because I wear what, leather what pants. Think, and what wash- do they think you should wear? A gray suit or a pantsuit or no. something. No, oh. honestly, you've yeah. been to D.C. Yeah, <laughs> you've true. seen it. No, no, honestly, my cousin does this hilarious thing. He, he, I'm not gonna say it works because maybe that'll be. But he takes Facebook photos of Washington, and he'll literally have like 13 guys in gray suits that don't fit, like that are like bunching <laughs> around on the butt, and it's just so funny yeah. because it's true. Yeah. But it, and there's not that many. I mean, you guys are gorgeous, blonde, tall women that also dress feminine they're also career women I mean mm. I think that is so exciting yeah you must feel that I mean in your responses and yeah and I mean you know talking about the suit I mean I think also we, we got a question because we we kind of celebrate the suit and the tuxedo I mean I love to wear a tuxedo yes. at a party and I think it's one of the most sexiest evening outfit you can ever wear um and super elegant and timeless but then uh, a man of course uh, asks us like why do you celebrate you know the the kind of masculine uh, wardrobe piece And we said, but it's like, I don't think that they should be owned by the men. Like a black blazer shouldn't be a men's only piece of clothing. And it could be worn so feminine. And it's the way you actually wear it. I mean... You have I think it's lipstick. a matter of taking them back, yeah. almost. Yeah, or like claiming them. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what we do. We claim the men's fashion, but you can still. I mean, and only the parts are nice, like practical. Yeah, because a, a blazer can be a fantastic thing yeah. to wear. Yeah, and you can wear it with a pencil skirt or with the black leather pants, yeah, with and a lacy something. top yeah. under. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's really about also how mm. you wear them and and not like that they actually are masculine pieces. I think. Mm. Give me some advice because I actually am embarrassed to say that I endure an immense amount of stress over what I'm going to wear, even though I don't want to feel that way. But when you're traveling and when you, I mean, I hate to say this, but maybe it's just me. But as a woman, I think like I want to feel hot and then I do well. You know, if I feel that something's off, I'm uncomfortable. I don't do as well. It's like that speech that we were at in New York. Mm. I felt so off. And I actually said it. The first thing I said was... Something negative, like this is going to yes. be horrible. And then <laughs> yeah. we met and you told me, don't ever say that again. And yeah. I never did. I always think about you saying that. But we bring ourselves down. But I think a lot of that is like how you look. Unfortunately, we are judged by that. I mean, my husband or like some of these tech guys I work with, they don't care. No. They take a little carry on with some things and they're yeah. not judged that way. No. 
the first thing you need to do, I think, in your life, since you're <laughs> constantly on the go, you're traveling, you go from being, you know, in meetings, board meetings, whatever, up to doing like really glamorous events. Mm. Like you need to find a, uh, yes. a really functional wardrobe that you need to, first of all, start going through it and don't keep things that you don't wear because then you're going to end up traveling to Sweden with stuff that you don't like. So be really, really hard on yourself. This is what we really preach mm. in Säker Stil and Scandi Shake, the book. That the first lesson before you ever think about shopping a new piece for your wardrobe is to see what you have already and get rid of the things that you don't need. I mean, you can sell it, give it away, you know, mm. recycle it, whatever. Uh, don't just toss it in the garbage can that you should never do. Um, <laughs> and then when you have that, you need to have kind of this is my, you know, evening wardrobe. This is my meeting wardrobe and really have those pieces and styles put out for you so you never have to think and also that's a very Swedish way of dressing because a Swedish woman can have a great black dress or a great evening dress and she'll wear it at the same party at the party you know over and over again yeah. Yeah, exactly. Matter. You don't have to have new that. things. Yes. You don't, you have, don't have to have new things pressure. all the time. No, I mean, Especially if you... when you're photographed a lot to wear the same thing. You can, you can uh, for example, the black dress is a really good example. The little black dress is something that every woman should have in the closet. I mean, it can be transformed into so many things. Throw a, a tuxedo blazer on top or wear a white shirt underneath if it's sleeveless. Uh, put on a big, uh, you know, cool necklace and you'll have a new new dress. I mean, it's, it's those pieces that are easily to transform as well and especially you travel another piece of advice while traveling always color combinate I mean I know you love black and white like pack mm. your bag only with black and white combinations it's gonna give you endless opportunities mm. we even have this in the lecture that we have like three three um you know one one skirt and two pants and five tops and that gives 15 combinations and this actually fits into that little carry-on thing <laughs> and i know it sounds ridiculously unglamorous that you want to travel with like three suitcases but sometimes it can be so convenient No, I mean, I think it's so funny because I think of this often. I remember four or five years ago, um, there was an interview of President Obama. And this is what I mean, he was maybe longer because he was just elected and there was so much crisis going on. And in the interview, he said, you know, how, how do you unclutter your mind? How do you make all these big decisions? He goes, I don't decide a single thing outside of my work. What I eat, I've outsourced. What I wear, I never think about what I wear. And I remember thinking, I waste so much time mentally stressing about these things. And so, you know, as we kind of continue to close out, I'd love to hear what, if you were to advise me on what I should wear, and you know my life a little bit, it is how you describe, probably similar to yours. You know, I can be hosting and moderating something. I can be having a meeting with only businessmen. And then you are expected to go and perform at an event and be social and feel, you know, fantastic. Mm. But then I think, what, just as Amelia said, I mean, the white. best advice is just to find this capsule wardrobe that saves you time. Mm. Yeah. That, you know, and you have to you. spend less time and that's mm. just you because then, you, you, you know, you can do it with your eyes closed in the morning. And that's how it has to be for you, I think. Mm. What, who so are your favorite Swedish? Style. Yeah, more, I know. <laughs> yes. Man, who are your favorite Swedish designers? Give me like a combo of... But I mean, I X know top, you know, what fits you and it's probably different. Yeah, I mean, it's so different from every. But I, I guess it's the mix. I mean, if Philippa K is a perfect example of someone who does great basics, like great pants, great T-shirts, like a beautiful coat, whatever. And, and it, it lasts and it's really great because the design is super timeless and it's you can have a piece from five seasons ago and it doesn't matter and then you have acne who adds a bit of the kind of quirkiness edginess uh, coolness 
pieces there of a leather jacket from Acne, I would say, or a cool blazer. And then you have dresses from Dagmar. I mean, mm. then you have a good good mm. combination of Swedish design. And pants from Hope, And right? pants yeah. from Hope, yes. yes. That they are the, 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 she's the queen, Andringstan, the designer mm. for Hope, is the queen of pants or trousers. What Swedish or American women do you um, look to as great dressers? I or mean, who in Swedish society and... Swedish or Americans? Yeah. But I have to say Michelle Obama is a great example yeah. of someone dressing really, really well in, in her position. And that's a great example on how important actually um, style is. Mm. Um, and, in, and in Sweden, I would say just walk the streets of Stockholm. I know. Uh, that's enough, actually. <laughs> I mean, and you'll see so many great examples of modern women women uh, dressing. Uh, I think you're so right. 100% Scandi chic uh, in a way that works, you know, 24-7, which is very cool. And we hope to inspire more Americans to do that. Yeah. And I think you're also on the forefront of sustainable fashion. And that's something, again, that Sweden is exporting and fashion tech. I mean, Fashion Week next week, we were just talking about there's a big push in that. Do you think these trends will stay? Absolutely. I, I mean, don't it's think just, it's even a trend. Yeah. I mean, it's just here. And, and I think it's, it's, it's just the beginning of, of something exactly. that is going to be even bigger. And I think people take great pride in that. And that's something that we also really, uh, th- that's why the Sacker Steel is so important to us that really buy less, choose well, mix everything like mm. Vivian Westwood said. But it's, I mean, it's really mm. what it is. Like if you have great quality and timeless design you don't need so much clothes and you don't need to go hunting and the the whole mass consumption that we are we are going mm. through i mean mm. i read somewhere that um, women spend 20 trillion dollars in clothes and like the <laughs> women's wear i mean if that's true or not but i mean it it is massive and i think that and too many women solve the problem of not having anything to wear with going out shopping. Yeah, I mean, that's the new. pattern we yes. want to break yeah, yeah. because it's never there anyways. You know, if you go out on, on a Friday shopping for something to wear on the Saturday's big party, it's never no, going to be there. That dress is not, you know, no. it doesn't exist that Friday afternoon. So it's not worth it. Then it's so much better to just have that perfect dress and just wear it over and over again. Yeah. Now I'm going to respect our rules of getting home to the family. So the last <laughs> question... What's the last thing each of you bought? Hmm. I actually bought bought the top that I'm wearing right now. I love it. I was going to ask you about Yeah, but I was in Tokyo and talking about men's clothes. uh, Everything is so small there in sizes. And I'm I'm 180 and, you know, a tall woman. uh, They must have been stopping you on the street. No, but I went actually to the the men's department. And this is from Isimiyaki, which is a legendary And we actually went shopping together. Which doesn't yeah, happen a lot. That and was very fun. Yeah, that was like yesterday. No, two days yes. ago. And uh, <laughs> where? So, yeah, we just had like five minutes before a big meeting, and uh, I bought a pair of shoes. Yeah, and you bought like the pair of shoes. Of course, I did. Every every <laughs> woman needs them. <laughs> every woman needs in the closet. Yes. Yeah, American design even. It yeah. was. It was Jimmy Shoe and the what was what's the style again? Agnes, right? Yeah. A black Do you wear pair. high heels or are they flat? No, these are like the perfect high heels. Yeah. Uh, they're I think they're seven and a half or eight centimeters, which is just perfect. <laughs> wow. Uh, I've noticed, you know, giving lectures and things like this, you you can't wear uh, higher heels than that. I think you can, Amelia, but I can't. No, but so I, this is like my perfect shoe, and it wasn't on sale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The perfect buy. Yes. What was the last thing you bought? Huh. I think this. Even though the super I cool never jumpsuit. go to the store. Yeah, the Vanessa Seward, Neta Porte. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am such a... as I don't have any time. And the great thing about Stockholm is 
it is close. You can have a meeting and then you can pop into Acne or something. This is not America or New York. Everything's a struggle and takes a lot of time. So I'm really addicted to shopping online. Mm. However, I think I spent like five or six hours obsessively looking after <laughs> the holidays problem. on that Taporte because I wanted the perfect outfit to wear on my big business trips to Stockholm and Germany. And so, yes, I am going <laughs> with you. You need oh, to help me. Yeah. This we is all, round one. We're, 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 we're coming over and we're going to kind of... I'm back in two weeks. Yeah. I mean it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, invite us to your hotel room and we're going to You don't want to go the there now. You for you. Yes. Thank, Thank you, guys. That's really the trick. Thank you so much. This podcast is produced by Acast with Sandra Moline as supervising producer and Carl Rosander as executive producer. 